Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. You are listening to a Yisker sermon by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. On our recent trip to the Balkans, we stopped in the city of Varia. And thanks to the trip's blog and those who wrote about the different pieces of the trip, the following account that I'm going to share about Varia, about these powerful moments, are told through many of the words that were written by our member, Deborah Cheriton. The old synagogue was tucked away on a little side street. We were met by Evie, a non-Jewish woman who had a dream to restore the synagogue as a labor of love. In Evie's words, it saved her life. Evie explained the history of Varia's Jewish community and the synagogue to us with passion and true dedication. The Jewish community of Varia has a tragic history. Jews lived in Varia for over 2,000 years. There were about 850 Jews when the Nazis arrived. About 150 were hidden. The remaining, the remaining 700 were packed into the very synagogue where 40 of us were comfortably standing and they were held for seven days without any food or water. There are about 250 children, many of whom died from thirst or starvation. Some Jews escaped and joined the partisans. The remaining were deported to Auschwitz. Only one came back. A teenager who married a Christian woman, lived to a ripe old age, and died about six years ago. He never reconnected with the Jewish community, and he never wanted to talk about the Holocaust. But his son currently lives in Varia. Here we were, 40 Jews passionate about our history and clinging to stories of loss that we can live as legacy. And we were in a synagogue, now completely run by Evie, a non-Jewish hero and our storyteller. Evie's family did not perish in the Holocaust. Evie didn't know anyone whose family was destroyed by the horrific murders and torture that occurred in that holy space. But it is Evie who keeps the story of the Varia Jews alive and very much living in this cave of loss and potential forgotten history. Rosa, another participant from Betham on our trip, shared on the last day that in her reflections, this was the most powerful part of the trip. Why? Because on a trip where some was focused on the devastation and loss through our Holocaust history, here was a story where we focused on something that Evie lost, that the Varia community lost. And as Rosa said profoundly, did they, the community, lose something also? Did the murder of Jewish communities leave a certain vacuum in those countries as well? We recite Yisker for individuals whose loss sits heavy on our hearts and whose memory is carried constantly in our minds. We recite Yisker for individuals in community. We recognize the personal loss in a communal setting that provides shared comfort, experiences, and feeling. And we have rituals to care for the mourner, to respectfully tuck our loved ones in for their final time, to lift up those who are grieving back into their lives without someone special near them. But is there a ritual by which we recognize the loss to an entire community? Is there a way for the world of Varia 
to be supported by mourners and by one another, to acknowledge what the world lost when hundreds of people were taken from their homes, from their shops, from restaurants, streets, bars, and offices, has a community been considered as a mourner or consoled as a mourner? A few months ago, I had the honor of burying a man whose life was quite hidden. He was a private man, and yet gave so much of himself for his family and friends and definitely his work. However, because he gave so much of himself, many people did not know much about his own inner workings. This was not a famous man, nor a person who was known by many. In fact, I was asked to do this funeral. He is not a Temple Beth Am member because he didn't have a rabbi. But those who knew him felt he would do anything for them. For, for them. The loss was deep for his sister, for his aunts, his uncles, and his cousins. But I would claim that he came to life at his funeral through the stories from his friends and his coworkers. I almost didn't want to leave the funeral because more and more layers of his life continued to be revealed in the stories that we were hearing in those moments. This was a person who was being mourned by the community, the loss of life to many organizations and companies and clients who relied on this quiet hero. They are grieving someone too. The empty desk at work, the empty chair at his favorite casino, the empty space in a meeting where he would share a joke. How do we fill those voids for the non-traditional mourners? In Jewish tradition, the mourners are spouse, parents, siblings or children. But how about a grandchild who was raised by their grandparents, or a niece who felt as close to her aunt as her own mother, or a godparent who took better care of you than your own parent in a time of need? How do we find ways to mourn those who we might not expect are mourning? In the city of Veria in 2023, we were focused on the devastation of their Jewish community. Did they ever focus on it? In our Torah, Aaron, Moshe's brother, dies, and the entire community weeps for him for 30 days. The rabbis are quick to point out that it says everyone, meaning men and women, which was rare for any type of traditional ritual. And the whole nation saw that Aaron had perished, and they cried for him for 30 days, all of the households of Israel. The Midrash points out that Aaron was the peacemaker in his community, so he was mourned by everyone. Moshe is not spoken of mourning for his brother, but rather caring for his legacy and his children. So though we know not of Moshe's emotional state, we again see grief on different levels and in different ways through a sibling and a community. The most striking part of this loss was it was more communally recorded than personally recorded. And as Rosa pointed out about Veria, there was a vacuum left in the remains of his community. Our mourning rituals include tahara, shiva, saying hamakom, and reciting kadesh on a yard site, individual acts done in community. So maybe that's the ritual coming together as a community to recognize the loss, the void, the vacuum for one soul that encompassed a whole world. On Shavuot, we are told that we receive Torah together, and yet each of us learned and understood it as differentiated individuals and according to our own needs and abilities. 
וכל העם רואים את הקולות, ואת הלפידים ואת קול השופר ואת ההר אשן וירא העם, וינועו ויעמדו מרחוק. All the people saw the voices and the lightning, they saw the voice of the horn and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they shook and they stood at a distance. The Midrash on this verse interprets the plural of voices to be that the voices of Torah shared were in every language, so the people needed and could understand. I would push that even further to say that not only was it language, but it was sensory as well. People experienced Torah the way they needed to receive it at that moment. And we are charged to do the same each year at Shavuot. The way we receive Torah is the way that we should experience and counsel and communicate in loss. A family may experience a loss altogether, but each person is going to handle their grief uniquely. The experience is had together, but like the Torah, the feelings of loss and management of that grief will be different. There are steps of grief, of course, and yet we each go through them at different times and in different ways. This is based on relationship and time, spent the time we spend knowing them, the memories shared, the challenges encountered, and only sometimes revolved, resolved. Just like Torah, something that is powerful to me or heard clearly by me at Mount Sinai may have felt antagonistic or hurtful to someone else. We focus on the individual and should recognize the communal impact. Deborah concluded her reflections about Evie by sharing After a moving presentation, we flipped into mincha mode, and we filled the sanctuary with the kind of prayer that it was built for, and once must have been experienced daily. As we face the 16th century ark, which was bare, no Torah present, adjacent to a river which once provided the water source for the mikvah, she reflected upon the horrors which took place in that very spot 80 years ago. Up until this trip, I had never heard of Varia. Now I will never forget it. I urge all of you that if you ever go to Greece, she says, make it a point to come to Varia and visit this very special synagogue. Evie will welcome you with open arms and will help heal the vacuum of the village of Varia, a vacuum being sustained as a rich, still appreciated legacy. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.